Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for joining us for live paranormal radio from the paranormal to the unexplained it all happens here it all happens here looking to enhance your radio experience participate in our live video chat 24 7 with our live paranormal radio show host and other like-minded people live paranormal.com the only interactive social chat room supported by full interaction media stop by now and join the fun stop by now and join the fun It's Raising the Vibration on the Live Paranormal Radio Network and iHeartRadio.com. I'm your host, Sheena Metal. I'm a psychic medium. I'm an interfaith minister. I'm a 29-year talk radio host in Los Angeles and beyond. I'm a performing and a creative artist, and I come to you live from my home in Southern California every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Pacific time. This show was the first outreach of a nonprofit movement of peace and love and kindness and unity, RaisingTheVibration.org, that I founded in 2016 after my mom passed to kind of carry on her teachings. I had no idea what it was to become or that it was going to grow in such a way. And if peace, love, kindness, and unity are what that movement is all about, this show is really about ascend, evolve, inspire, and love. So what are you doing every day to make the world a better place, to raise your own vibration? How is that leading to your own involvement, both as an earth being and in the spirit world? And what are you doing with those things and using them to inspire others and to love others because love is really all there is? So basically, this show is about passion. It's about service. But how are you using your gifts? And what are you doing to make the world a better place? And then everybody that I have on the show every week, I know really aligns with that message. And uh, this guest as well is honestly making her debut on any of my shows. It seems that as long as I have been in radio, that seems almost like an impossibility. But it's true, although I've known her for a while. She's a wonderfully talented musician and sound engineer and songwriter. And I'm so happy to have her here. Please welcome to the show for the very first time, Mary White. How are you, my friend? It's so good to have you here, and it's uh, really good to hear your voice. Great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Looking forward to it. I love everything that you spoke about. Resonated right in my heart. (laughs) I'm so glad. But that's what it's about, right? And and being a, a creative artist since I was, you know, a fetus, um, I, I'm always so surprised when I interview folks that are creative and performing artists and say, oh, you know, it's not spiritual at all for me. And I think, well, if it's not and that's okay, I support that, then at least it has to be about what are you doing on the earth, the earth more beautiful, right? Because it, we're all doing this for something, right, Mary? It has to be for something. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I think when they say they they don't think it's spiritual, they just probably don't know because we are all co-creators, you know what I mean? They're just not aware that they've got a partner on their side. And whether you call it um, God, energy, source, universe, you know, we are all co-creators and we get to, to, to just do this wonderful thing called creativity, you know. I love that. And you so belong here. Oh, my goodness. You're amazing. Okay, I'm so glad you're here. 
So oh for you, when did you first know that your heart was filled with music? And then when did you know that there was a, that you were co-creating with spirit, with universe, to bring this beautiful thing called music to the world? I came from a long line of musicians, um, you know, <clears throat> so it's kind of in my DNA, I think, as far as music goes. And I was really, really young when I, you know, I mean, I started enjoying music, you know, at two and three years old. I just loved it. You know, um, I had a great grandmother that would play piano and I would just sit and watch her and be in, in awe of her, her light and her spirit that she created through music. Um, when I knew that I had a connection, you know, I don't really know. I think, um, <clears throat> I think, I think deep down inside your pro- your soul probably knows it, but to to have your 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 brain actually acknowledge it, I think is a different thing, you know. So, um, I don't know when that when that came to realization. I know that I that when I. Here's what happens with me. A song, I don't sit down and write a song. A song writes itself. You know what I mean? Yes. So it's almost like a song comes and says, I need to be born, and then I have to be there to deliver it. <laughs> you know? So Yeah, I show exactly. Up, well, I, I show channel, up to the right? birthing table. <laughs> exactly. You're channeling it. It's a channel. Uh-huh. Yeah. Spirit yeah. picks you to co- co-create something with them. And then sometimes they're like, here it comes, and you better have, like, a Starbucks napkin ready or something. Right, exactly. Uh, and I'll tell you, I have written a lot of songs with uh, a, a tube of lipstick and a McDonald's bag, you know, because I didn't have anything, like, I'm in my car or whatever, you know. And uh-huh. and the thing is, is that, you know, it's really important, I think, personally for me, you know, I can only speak, speak for myself, but when you are guided to 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 be creative that you do always show up because um source god you know whatever it is for you the divine um you know they're always there and they and they do it kind of expect you to be responsible <laughs> and 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 show up and do kind of do as you're as you're told to not you know as guided you know follow the guidance it's real important <laughs> Yeah, right, because there's a reason why they're bringing that song to the earth and that message and why they've chosen you to write the song that carries that message, right? So if you right. just ignore it and do nothing, then that message is not being delivered, so then they'll have to pick someone else to deliver that message. Exactly. And, cause and you know what, Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson had this thing where he said, if I don't – if I don't uh, write this song, uh, Prince is going to get it <laughs> or something like that. You know? Oh, that's fantastic. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I agree that it's, it, you know, it's, 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 you get the first dibs, but if you don't show up, he will pass it on to somebody else, you know. Uh, absolutely. And it's interesting that you said that about Michael Jackson because um, somebody I've interviewed a couple of times is the guy that uh, engineered and Thriller, and Off the Wall for Quincy Jones um, with Michael Jackson. And he said that Michael Jackson was so fascinating to work with because he would come with a song. He would come out with a song. He would start recording it, and then he would stop and say, no, you know what? When this song hits people, I want them to feel this. 
and then they would alter, he would alter the song to how it was going to, people were going to react when they felt it. And I think we don't really right. think that about Michael Jackson because we just think, oh, he was a kid and people just put this in front of him and made him sing it. But I thought that was the most fascinating story. And it really makes you think, right, that it's not just about what you're writing. It's also about how is it going to move people when it touches them and what kind of message and what kind of emotions are you trying to evoke with each piece, right? Right, right. And, you know, as you think about, you know, all art forms are wonderfully and beautifully uh, powerful, but music truly is the most powerful form of art. It can make you dance. It can make you laugh. It can make you cry. It can make you sing. It can transport you in time. You know what I mean? You can hear a song and you can go back in time to something, you know? There's no art form powerful. It's just a a force, you know, a beautiful, beautiful force. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. And and it's an honor, I think, to be a creative and a performing artist in in any aspect. It's an honor to be able to bring art to the world. I think we spend so much time. I mean, first of all, I'll preface this by saying I'm, I'm the epitomal optimist, Mary, so you will learn that about me. I'm always looking for the, like, you know, the, the beautiful little granule of love in the, in the pile of crap because that's just me. Good for you. But, <laughs> um, but I think that, that as artists, we spend a lot of time talking about how hard it is and how hard the business is and this sucks and this is terrible and I'm struggling and not enough time talking about how honored we should be that we get to carry this torch this beautiful torch of art and bring art to the world. We literally are the filter through which the divine comes and brings art to the world. And that's like, that's like the most honorable thing in the world. People go, well, we're just artists. We're not curing cancer. And I'm always like, you know, we're not. Cause I think in many instances we do. Oh yeah. I there's think so much healing. There's so cancer. much healing. Right. Right. Well, and you know, when I, the thing, you know, when I think about, yeah, uh, there is, you know, there are people that, you know, that term struggling artist or struggling musician or whatever, you know. But the thing about it is when we are brought into this earth, every single person, I don't care who it is, um, is given, you know, God doesn't just throw us in the world and go, okay, good luck. You know, he sends us here and gives us a gift and says, here's your gift. Yeah. And this is what you get to, this is what's going to get you through, and this is what you get to do. And so many people don't realize what that gift is. You know, they're always searching for their, for their purpose and, and all that. But you, every single purpose, every single purpose, person has been given, given something that they can get through life a lot easier. And if you can find what that is, it'll be an easier ride, you know, than, than, than the struggle. Yeah, but everybody has that, you know. Absolutely. Why not look for that and why not use that? And I think that we spend so much time focusing on our challenges and not enough time focusing on our gifts. So I love, Mary, that you went right to the gift because the gift to me is so important. Um, Do we talk about our challenges? Sure. Do we do that all the time? Yeah, that's what our spiritual growth is for. That's what therapy's for. We're always working on our challenges, and we should be. But we don't spend enough time 
thrilled about our gift and really like relishing our gift, right? Because right. Uh, that's, that's the most important thing is how, how awesome is it that each of us is given one or more wonderful gifts to bring to this earth and change the world with, and each of us given a unique energy signature that only we have. I mean, anybody who doesn't feel special, just look at yourself. There's no, no two beings on the earth are the same. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nobody can be you better than you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. And even with the when you use the word challenges, you know, those are those can be a gift too because things don't Absolutely. happen to us, they happen for us, you know? Yeah. And there's things that can happen and you're going, Oh my gosh, this happened to me again but you know what? If you change your mind and you say, This happened for me doesn't that feel a lot better than this happened to me? Because there are a lot of gifts that come in with challenges if we can just look at them. I I actually, um, I will, I mean, you know, I'm a human being. We all struggle with, you know, back and forth and, you know, I'm not complete positive all the time. I have to work on it. But, but I have my new thing. I have been actually being, being thankful for my challenges. (laughs) Because every challenge is just something that you get through, you know. I mean, we all get through them, you know. If I love still alive, yeah. we got through them. And even if we, we, we're not alive, we still got through them. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Right, exactly. They're done for now. Um, you know, it's so important, and I love that you said that, because when I work with clients in my spiritual practice, um, one of the messages that spirit gives me consistently for folks is stop thinking of yourself as somebody that things happen to and start right. thinking of yourself as things happen for. So when you said right. that, I was so excited because you totally got that because I get that message yeah. all the time. Because people will just act like everybody, including God, right, has it out for them. And they're not thinking about what the message is, what the lesson is, and, and how you're growing from it. And, and how many, you know, how many of our, the songs we all know, right, were written out of just those kinds of challenges. I mean, songs are a great example of a beautiful thing that often comes out of a challenge. Oh, for sure. Right. Oh, I wrote one of the best songs I ever written called I Wish I Knew How to Stop Loving You and out of a complete wonderful broken heart. And my heart's healed now, but I love that song, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, when you're yeah. talking about the challenges, it, it brought up this thing that I thought about um, – you know, through the challenges, we also tend to worry. And I know that I personally would, at, for some reason, at nighttime, I don't know if you're, if you experience this, but at night, brain can go 90 miles an hour and I can start worrying. And my new thing is um, worry is an insult, is an insult to God or source or divine. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I agree Isn't with that. Isn't that I great? We all suffer, it is, but because yes, I think that it's we are absolutely 100% supported, and when we worry, that I mean, can you imagine if you were, you know, if you were God and, and you know, you could do anything and, and the people just were like, what are you worrying for? I got everything, you know, so I, I, I find it an insult to the, to the divine, you know. <laughs> yes. No, it's true because it was, it's sort of like telling your mother, you don't love me. You know right. what I mean? You're basically saying you don't love me, and and I and I'm ignoring all the gifts that you gave me, and I, I don't want any of it. 
you know, like a right. like a, a, a four-year-old throwing a temper tantrum at their birthday party and pushing the cake in the pool, you know. But we're human, and we will have. I mean, we all there's cha- there will always be challenges, and there will always be worries. But it's just being able to, you know, have those just guide yourself through it, you know. Now, is it hard when you write a song about um, a broken heart, right? And you've worked through all of the the brokenness and the heartache, and you you've healed from it. But then, when you perform the song, you have to revisit it a little bit, right? Is is it hard to do that and still stay in a good place? Because there's some love that you heal through and move on, but then there's some love, and, and not just romantic love, but also I think, you know, family members, friends, there's some love that you never really get over. You just kind of put it in a place where it, it no longer viscerally affects you, right? So when you perform a song about that, like grief, right? Somebody who died, I think, is a good idea. Does it kind of come up all over again? That's an interesting question. <clears throat> Not so much, you know, if I if I write a song about a broken heart, because if I'm healed, I'll just deliver the song, you know, the best that I possibly can. However, but when I when I have to perform at like a funeral or somebody that I love, that is a hard hard thing. And when I had to perform at my grandmother and I had to sing at her her funeral, I literally had to completely detach myself my soul from my body and I had to just yeah I literally had to do that because if I didn't when you when you were there's it is so hard to sing when you are when you want to cry it's almost physically impossible you know so I could tell and I'm like oh I've got to like just you know, pull myself out of my body, and I and I literally was able to completely detach myself and just sing the song. And but yet the emotion and everything was still there. You know, um, served its purpose. Everybody in the congregation was crying. We have to be vessels. You know, it's What's we that? don't. Sometimes we don't think about. I said that we as performing artists. We are vessels, and, and all of that pain and exhilaration has to move through our bodies in order for those messages to get put out so that we are performing for, right? We still have right. to find a way to make sure that we balance our bodies after that all goes through. I remember I did a play once, and they wanted to extend it, and the lead actress didn't want to extend, and so they sent me out to have coffee with her to talk her into extending and she said, y- you guys don't understand. You have, like, one grief scene. I have to die from cancer for two hours every night. And <sighs> it's a lot in my body. And, you know, I'd never really thought about it like that because I'd never had a role like that before. And right. um, she was right. Best friend. And I just got to cry in the last scene. But, but she had to deal with that anguish every night for hmm. all those hours. And I, when you perform music, right, you deal with the emotions of every song you perform um, and sometimes when you record over and over and over again in the studio, and then you have to find a way to leave that performance place and balance your body so you can go on with your life and not still be haunted by all the songs. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Kind of interesting because when you know when I when I'm on stage, it's like I feel like I'm in heaven. I mean, it's just the most. I love being 
it, it talk about being in the now and in the moment, you know. <clears throat> so when I when I leave the stage, I uh, you know you're still on a high, you know, unlike your friend that was in the play, you know, having to experience that experience, you know, I can see how that would be very difficult, you know, to be to put to be in that situation and have have to have right. that many hours right. going through that. Yeah. Yeah. Well and it depends how you process an artist all process different, right? She was an artist right. that needed to be, you know, very quiet and alone beforehand and carry it around with her. I, I can't live like that. So I have to let things go. It's like when I work with clients, right? I can't carry a client's pain with me throughout my life every single day times, you know, 30, 40 clients a week. I mean, I wouldn't be able to breathe. So right. at some point you have to yourself from all that you're taking yeah, in. Yeah, your work is a lot of – I don't know that I could do what you do because I know – I mean, that, that, that would be a lot of um, – a lot of being able to really, really prepare yourself and, and, and be able to separate, and that's a lot, you know. I yeah. commend you for that. Thank you. I think it's the same kind of thing to do after a performance. I think growing up as a performer, what do they say, leave it all at the theater, right? I, I learned to do that. You have to because then you're yeah. supposed to have your real too because you're an artist uh, or you're a healer or you're both, but then you also have to have your human life and, deal with your human stuff and you can't you can't drag all that around for you like we talked about earlier right you can't drag every woe of the entertainment business around with you in your regular life because you're also supposed to be learning and growing and changing in your life right right it's uh it's interesting right i mean it's definitely not being a musician um, or like me having a spiritual practice, is it's definitely not you punch a time clock and then you go home and don't think about it. It lives with you all the time, right? There's never – you always have to be open for that next song to come. Well, you know what's funny? You're so right because I was with a friend of mine, and we're driving down the down the road or whatever, and we didn't have the radio on, and I said, I said, what song is in your head? And she says, there's not a song in my head. And I said, you don't have a song in your head all the time, you know, because there is a song in my head every minute of the day, every single minute of the day, there's a song in my head. And I yeah. just thought everybody had a song in their head all, all yeah. the time, Me- you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when you say you take it with you, it it literally does. It's with me all the time, you know. Do you ever? It's um... funny, I was. Seriously shocked so, when when she what's that? Did you ever get so excited about a song, whether it's yours or one you hear, that you literally have trouble sleeping because it keeps running through your brain? No, but I'll tell you what I did experience. Are you familiar with Eva Cassidy? Yes, yes, of course. I love her. I I I didn't know who she was and. Um, but because I've produced a lot of music, you know, it, it, and I, I, I mean, I don't mean this. Um, I, it takes a really, I like. It takes a lot to really, 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 really shock me and knock me off my feet. You know what I mean? So, uh, somebody was playing this for me, and it was the the music song "Fields of Gold," and I have never experienced anything like this in my life. But like. 
every part of my body just started tingling. And that it's really amazing how, you know, it's not like a song that goes over and over in my head, but that, that her music and her voice affected me more than I think any, anything I've ever heard, you know, so powerful. Yeah. Isn't it such a short period of time that she was recording, right? And, um, right. and talk about struggles, like we're talking about challenges. She had challenges, you know. Um, she was just a local artist, you know, and, and doing her thing, um, kind of like a lot of us are doing, you know. And, and um, boy, howdy, she just, you know, she had that voice and had a, such a short life. But she's like a Van Gogh, you know. Didn't get that success, but her essence and her entity just her music will live forever forever yeah you know yeah it's so interesting how people pass it around you don't usually hear about it you hear about it usually from a friend i think you, somebody plays it for you it's almost right. like a like a secret video that people pass around right you you hear right. about and, it from tells you about it that's how i found out about her somebody said hey have you ever heard of her and i said uh no and then somebody passed the music to me or literally put it on and played it for me, I think. Yeah, she's an angel. I mean, her voice is just straight from heaven to me. I just can feel it, you know. Even now, even after knowing her, any time I put her on, I'm just like, oh, I just fall into a place of peace. <laughs> well, but that's the beautiful thing about art, right, is that you're getting somebody's unique energy signature through their art. So you're mm-hmm. feeling a bit of soul when they sing, when they when they act, when they make a piece of a painting, whatever it is. Even if you go to a restaurant, you can go to a restaurant and order the exact same thing, and it tastes different depending on what chef prepares it. Exactly. Because right. some yeah, unique. I used to go to this restaurant, and I always got the same organic chicken sandwich. <laughs> but at night, it was amazing, and during the day, it didn't move me in the same way. And then I started looking back at the kitchen, and I realized that when it was amazing, there was always the same person working. But the sandwich itself, ingredient-wise, was exactly the same. Energy was in the food, uh-huh. and that's what I really realizing, that, that chefs put energy in their food. Right. You know what? It's the soul. It's the soul there. And, like, it's funny because, you know, music – uh, and I'm glad to see that a lot of the music is starting to go back to the to the authenticity, to the roots. I mean, now with all the samples and the AI and everything. But I'll tell you what, if you listen to a piece of music with samples and you listen to a piece of music with live musicians, you can hear the soul. You can hear yeah. the soul in the music. You know what I mean? And, I mean, yeah. you, can, you can listen to it and go, what is different about this song as opposed to this song and the difference is there's someone's soul in there you know yes yeah yeah that's why i love songwriter nights i love nights where you you hear a songwriter sing their own songs even if they're a songwriter that's not a performing artist even if they just write for other people it's amazing to hear a songwriter perform their own stuff right Right. energy that surrounds when it was created, you know, and I and I think that's that's amazing. What do you, what do you, Mary? What do you hope people feel when they listen to your music? 
You know, I have a song that's out on YouTube right now. It's called It's Okay If We Disagree. And because there's so much separation right now, and it just breaks my heart. It breaks, it, it seriously hurts my heart to see um, the so much that's going on. So I just want to see people love each other again, you know, because we're all, we are all one entity, you know what I mean? Buddha talked yeah. about it. Jesus talked about it. All of the masters will talk about the oneness, you know, and, and we all are, and and we have to, you know. I I've, I've lately been writing a lot of songs. There's another song that I wrote called "Who Am I," and it talks about, you know, who am I and who are you, you know, and that we all are one, you know. So I I, I really want people to start recognizing that we are we are the same. We are we are the same children, you know. And we've got to just love each other. We we are seriously, we were sent here to learn that, you know. And some are going to get it, some aren't, and some may, you know. I don't know. None of us know um, uh, f- what is the the correct sacred text, so to speak, you know. So, you know, if we come back, you know, we may come back and learn it again and again, you know. Who knows? But we the bottom line is we we have to start loving each other more, you know. Just I it's agree. so important. I agree. In in my uh, my interfaith services, I talk a lot about one human family, because I think when you talk about interfaith spirituality, right, you're talking about the idea that everybody has their own spiritual palette, but we're all living together in this one space. And it's hard not to talk about one human family. But I think that mm-hmm. you had a friend that once human beings like to tell you they don't believe in boxes, and then they tell you every box they believe they belong in. And, and I think it's true. <laughs> We're very much about separating <laughs> ourselves, right? Well, right. Say, oh, I don't like labels. I don't like labels. But I'm this. I'm this. I'm that. I'm this. We, we right. the most important right. are part of one human family and part of one of one creatures of the earth that's the most important thing um everything else that we are is great and it doesn't take away from our individuality but what like it or not we're all part of the species and yeah. we should be thinking of ourselves like that right exactly you're right you know a wonderful if we could all try to visualize ourselves without our name how powerful is that? Who right. are we yeah. without our name? We're just souls and spirit and energy, you know? Yeah. And then there's no yeah. real box to put us in, is there? You're not black, you're not white, you're not gay, you're not straight, you're, not, you're just a soul, you're just an entity of a soul, <laughs> you know? Right, right. No, yeah. you know, so I live with this cat. I know this is going to, now here's my crazy cat lady story. I live with this cat and he's he's magic. I've had, and, um, he, uh, I've known him since he was three days old. I got him when he was three days old. So he knows nothing but me, and I don't know a time when he lives before me, except for two days. And he doesn't speak. He's, a, like, mute. He, he, very rarely he'll make a noise, but mostly he doesn't. So he just communicates with love. He pours, like, when he was really little, before he could even see or hear, I would feel him just push little emotions at me on an energetic mm. level. And he mm. still does that. He'll just come and 
come up in my arms and put his arms around me and hug me really tight and just push emotions at me. Oh. And isn't that beautiful? Do that with everybody, What's his name? right? His name is Cullen. What is it? Yes. It's Cullen. C-U-L-L-E-N. Cullen. Uh-huh. Uh, all my cat. Everybody gets an Irish name because I'm Irish. I can't help it. They've all had the Irish name, but he um, he just is. We just communicate with emotion, and um, I, I mean, I talk to him. It's not like I don't talk to him and sing to him and all that because I do. But at the core, mm-hmm. there's just an understanding of his essence and my essence. Right. And I think my right. whole life, Mary, I've looked for more human beings that would have that kind of a connection with me because mm. wouldn't it be if we could just connect by essence and it didn't always have to be all that 3d stuff that doesn't need to be in the middle of everything that we put in the middle of everything. Well, think about it. Most of, I mean, all, all species except us really do that. They don't really talk. There's not a language, you know, in nature, you know, um, I mean, they, yeah. they're, you know, they're singing and grunting and all, I guess, a lot of that. But they do that. They ha- they they communicate on that wonderful frequency where, you know, we, we sometimes as human beings, would it would be good if we all, if we would all just shut up, <laughs> you know, and we could probably communicate on that level of, you know, telepathy in the silenceness of it, you know. Yeah, and just and just um, feeling it, you know. I think that's the thing about yeah. songs is yes, you do hear them, but you also feel them. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, you look at Beethoven and what he wrote, you know, and golly, I mean, you, he was a radical during his time, you know, and just mm-hmm. the notes that he chose, just you know. There's only so many notes, but it's how you put them in together, and and then you create the emotion, yeah. And you can't help but feel that, you know. It is definitely something that that you feel, you know. I agree. I I agree a hundred percent. Yeah, and the same thing because you're also an engineer, right? It's the same thing when you're engineering. Um, you're deciding what tones everything has, right? From voices to drums to guitars to piano to everything, the tonality of something also creates an emotional response. Mm-hmm. Yes. Being able to decide what instrumentation you want, um, finding frequencies that are pleasing to the ear that you elim- that you keep in or some that you can eliminate, you know, that that's a little more, can be on the technical end. Although, are you familiar with uh, 432 frequency? Not much. I, I know, there I know is what, a, it, uh, what it there's is a new for thing everybody. That people are, yeah, there's a new thing that people are starting to do. Um, <clears throat> the original frequency, supposedly, I don't know all of this. I can't tell you that this is 100% fact. I can only tell you what my knowledge is on it. Um, but supposedly the tuning of the earth is at 432 frequency hertz, and that was the that was the tuning that all the um, um, 
the greats, the classical, you know, that was the original tuning. That was the tune for A, okay? And and I, I guess there's a, a theory that during the time of Hitler, they changed it and made it sharp. So tuning now is 440, which is higher than the – and it was it was created to cause chaos, which it has done, I think. Um, and a lot of people are going back to this 432 frequency. They're recording their songs in that particular frequency and tuning. So that's kind of a thing that's happening now. I love that. You might want to go check, Google it and check. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I'm going to check it, it out. I'll probably go down a rabbit hole and be there for two weeks. Right, 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 yeah. But <clears throat> supposedly it's a so- more soothing a soothing frequency, you know, and um, I actually did some recordings in 432 um, for some artists as well as for my own stuff, you know, but yeah, that's, uh, that's like kind of a thing that people, a soothing frequency, but I didn't know the history of it. That's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. That's supposedly the tuning of the, of our, our of our earth, you know, the natural tuning of, of, I think that the, the um, the key, uh, the note A, which is the note that you tune to. Oh, sure. That's beautiful. I love that story. Um, yeah. Think about things like that when you write and record. I mean, do you think about how it's going to fall on people and how it's going to make them feel? Are you are you hoping to evoke emotion, or do you just get a message and, and pass it on, and however it lands on somebody is fantastic? You know, when I produce a song, I, I you know I produce not only my songs, but I've produced about seventy albums, a lot of different artists, and awesome. you know, a lot of producers will come into a song and go, "Okay, this is I know that we're going to do this, and then we're going to do this, and they write it all out." I end up getting, I'll do a chart or a chord progression chart, but a lot of times I really allow product again. If a song wants to write itself, I allow a song to write itself. Same thing with production. I allow a production to create it itself. And when you're in the studio, uh, it's like you have an empty canvas that you can put all kinds of paint on. You can do whatever you want. And and that's the beauty of being able to record. You know, you can do this, and then you may not like that, and you can re- do something else. But I allow productions to just, Low. I know that I I kind of come with a an idea into my head what I think I want it to be, but always when it's done, it's like wow, that was kind of what I wanted, but way better than what I thought it. You know, it, it always ends up being way better than I than I my original thought in my head. You know, and I also allow my musicians, um, you know. I know what I'll want a guitar player to do, but I will let a guitar player do their what what is in them way before I will give my idea because I may have never come up with something that they come up with, you know. So there have been times where I'm like, oh my god, that's great! I would never thought of that. Yeah, we're gonna do that. And then there's been times where I'm like, that's a cool idea, but that's not where I want to go with it. So let's do this, you know. So. It, it kind of it varies on different, you know, different um, ways of how I'm producing. What it, but I do let it to just I do like like to let it be a leaf on a river, 
and just flow, you know, where it's going to go. I love that. I think that's, yeah, I love that so much. And I think that's part of the co-creation of spirit, right, is exactly that process. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, because I don't, I don't, I don't only co-write, but I also co-produce, you know what I mean? It's the same. Yeah. You know? That's beautiful. And do you find that most people that you're producing for, most artists that are not, not you, obviously, you're good with you, do you find that they're often okay to release and surrender into that process? Because I find that human beings have a, a horrible time with release and surrender are two very hard words for humans. Well, here's what I always tell my artists. <clears throat> Number one, they are the final decision maker, okay? I am working for them, and they are – I am providing a service. And and so um, what I will tell them, if I have an idea, um, I will let them know, if you don't agree with this idea, you will not hurt my feelings, because I have an unlimited amount of well that I can pull a different one from. You know what I mean? And that's where a Wonder. producer has to find, has to be detached from their own ego. I know there's a lot of producers that they think, okay, I'm producing a song, and so you have to. It has to be this way. And the artist really doesn't have any say so. I mean, I've had so many people come to me. And so I, I really didn't want this song to sound like this, but the producer wouldn't, wouldn't, you know, wouldn't budge. And that's not my position as a producer. My position is to honor the song, to make the song the best it possibly can be, and honor the artist and give exactly what I can, can give. And there's times where I'll have an artist and they'll go, oh, you know, uh, I, we need to make this part, um, it has to be green. Well, okay, so I'm going to have to figure out what green means <laughs> to them, you know what I mean? So I literally have right. to find out what what is in their head, what they're feeling, how they want that to be. You know, I want the drums to be like this, and I'm like, okay, what is it, what do they mean by that, you know? And then I have to be able to deliver that and put that on tape, exactly what they were thinking and feeling and how they wanted to deliver that, you know? But I don't. I all have ideas, and I will also tell an artist, um, you know, you are the final decision maker, but as a professional that has done this for many, 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 many years, I am not going to be a yes person to you. You know, I will tell you if I agree or disagree to have this on this particular track. If I don't agree with it, I'm not going to, you know, tell you that I agree with it, and I think it's it's a great idea, you know. And a lot of times sure. we'll, we'll try the idea, and it'll work or not work, you know. So, but it's that too is a co-collaboration, you know. I mean, you're creating music with with an artist, that, and and being a, an artist, this, they're very vulnerable, you know. what I mean, when an artist comes to a, a studio and they trust you as a producer to, you know, dress their child and and form their child into something that that because it is a child, you know. Your art is is like a is is like a baby, you know. And and it's a very yeah. vulnerable place to be, you know, so they have to be able to trust that you're going to turn their art into something spectacular because it will live forever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, true. And and also um, you have to um, – I mean, there, 
they become like expected parents, right? I mean, they have every expected parent has an idea for what their child is going to be. And then sometimes that child comes out and it's something totally different. Right. And you have to be gentle while they deal with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of artists yeah. go into a studio expecting something different is going to come out. But what comes out yeah, is Yeah, exactly I mean, sometimes right? I've been very, very blessed that I have, we say this, I have never had a client that has not been 100% completely satisfied. I have clients that have, I've, I have one particular client that, that I've recorded eight albums for, for, and I've got a lot of clients wow. that I've done two or three albums for, so I have recurring clients that come. And, uh, you know, but I'm sure, you know, that there are artists out there that aren't, you know, have not been happy with, with what they've, they've gotten, and I, and I, I, I think I feel for them because it, it's, you know, it can be an expensive process, and, um, you know, but that's why I always try to, I, it's my job to honor the song and to honor the artist. I want to be able to make sure that when they leave, because, and I tell them, you know, when when you're gone, this song will still be here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Your, your, your kids or your nieces and nephews or, you know, somebody's still going to be able to listen to this, you know? So we have to make it be exactly the way you want it to to. to to end up being forever, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yes, yes, and that's a big responsibility. It's like delivering babies; it's a huge responsibility. Yeah, yeah. But I can tell that you it's love it, fun, and though. I can tell that you like. I mean, almost as much as doing your own stuff. I mean, you're really into it. Oh, I love it. I'm so blessed. I'll tell you. You know, they say. Anybody that's going into the – what I would give advice for any young person that's going into the world, whatever you decide to do for your living, make sure that you love it because you're going to have to do it every day. So you might as well pick something that you absolutely love. You know what I mean? Find something that yes. you love to do and do that, and you will never work a day in your life. Yes, mm-hmm. and every generation – of people who did what their parents told them they had to do or the guidance counselor told them or the, the college counselor, I mean, whoever told them, you have to become mm-hmm. this, what you right. do. And then my mom, I remember once I, I got this great corporate job. I mean, it was working for a movie theater company, so it was still in the industry, but I was going to give up acting because I had this job. I was 21 years old. I was making all kinds of money. I had an office. Like, the guy would come every Friday and detail our cars. Like, it was a whole, like, real life. And my mom said to me, you know what, I'll support whatever you do, but think about it, because things have a way of coming back at you when you're 40. So, Uh. lo and behold, right about the time I turned 40 was the time that Facebook started. And all I saw was a friends from high school who had quit because they thought they had to and all they could think about was going back to it and that time and how sad they were and I thought you know what go mom because she was right it was not the time for me to do that and um or to ever do it it's not what I do full-time anymore but not because I felt I had to quit because I evolved in different directions and added more things into my artistic and creative palette. But right, um, right. then, yeah, it would have 
gonna, I should stop this because I now have a job where I'm making good money and I should just do that because that's what everyone tells you to do. And, and she was right. And I always tell young people, I always give them her advice. Um, you know, like I said, this whole show was based around a movement I started to carry on her words after she passed. And that's when I tell people a lot is you don't be making any big decisions of anything you're not in love with when you're young. Right. 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 That was great advice from your mother. Now, was your mother um, intuitive or, or she was oh, yeah. spiritually said? Yeah. Oh, she yes, and she was a, a hardcore psychic medium. She was amazing. Super wow. gifted. And, um, but very, never what's her name? She was a, uh, her name is Lena. Lena. And she was a Scorpio, so she kept everything very. You know, she did not share her secrets. So she didn't talk about being a psychic until much later in her life. But, you know, everybody came and partied at my house. My house had the pool and everybody partied here. And I would suddenly realize I was in the pool all by myself and all my friends would be sitting around her. It looked like the cover of a highlights magazine with all the kids sitting around Jesus. And everybody would be asking her, like, can I bring up my boyfriend? Who did I go to? And she would just be passing out answers. And that was before she even told me she was a psychic because I was in college wow. before she even told me. But people All the little moths that were drawn to the flame, huh? All of them, right. And I remember once yeah. a friend of mine from high school and college, when she died, he called me up one day and he said, I can't stop crying and I don't know why. And Aww. I said, do you? When you first came out and your parents kicked you out, you lived at my house for two months. And, you know, he didn't remember that. His parents are now, like, so happy. He flagged parents. He didn't remember that time, and he didn't remember that he lived here. And I said, you would come and cry every night, and my mom would tell you that you were beautiful and perfect just the way you are, and everything was going to be okay. And I um, I don't know her. That's how she was, right? It wasn't yeah. like a big deal. It wasn't, look at me, I'm so amazing. My cat, right? Like Cullen, she would just infuse emotions in you as you walk by her. Wow. So Wow. What year did I, she graduate? What year did I like my that. mom? Well, no, gra- well, I use the term graduate when transition. What, oh, what year did she? Uh, 2016. Oh, 2016. yeah, not yeah. Oh, and this God is the bless. funny thing about my mom. My mom is a super empath, Mary. She always said, I don't know how people deal with it when their birthday is Pearl Harbor Day or 9-11. And that was the oh. big thing. I thought, for people, how do they deal with it? Well, my mother's birthday, we had a little election in 2016, and things got a little crazy that day. And my mother's death day is International COVID Day. So oh. <laughs> it was almost like she predicted that she would, too, one day be that person. Uh, but she yeah. doesn't have to celebrate that. <laughs> it's no, like she doesn't care now. Right, but about us all getting along. So when my mom died, yeah. I, was, I was too sad to do a, a memorial. And I decided oh. to do it on her birthday. She loved being a Scorpio, oh. and she loved her birthday. So I had planned it for the weekend after her birthday, and I threw this big party I was broadcasting my radio show at the Hollywood Improv, and I planned a big party at the Improv for 200 people. Didn't want a funeral, didn't want an obituary, just wanted a party because, you know, Irish. So then that was four days after the election, and so many people wouldn't come because oh. there were going to be Democrats 
there. There were going to be Republicans there. And I was like, are you serious, you guys? So I know how, oh. how that changed our world. And that, right. that's why I got the message from Spirit on her birthday, on that day, to start this movement of peace, love, kindness, and unity. And I didn't know what in the world it was going to be or what that even meant or what it was going to look like. I just keep listening. And She's keep a part of this really strongly with oh, you. God, you yeah, about, I can feel about, that. Uh huh. It's ours. Yeah. It's the way we can take the work after she passed. We'll go when they pass. They will stay with you and, mm-hmm. and work with you mm-hmm. and uh, help, help you with your mission to help others if that's what you want. It doesn't have to be right. sad. It can be a joyous thing. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's uh, sad, but that's, but that's life. You have a lot of gifts yourself, well, my friend. Is it okay that I say that out loud? What What did you say? I said you have a lot of spiritual gifts myself, yourself. You resonate as a gifted person when you speak. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I do I do have a, I mean, I, 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 I have a knowing. <laughs> you know what I mean? I call it knowing. Well, that's a good um, there's. Yeah, there's just things that you know that I resonate with, and I feel yeah for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think every I think we all do. I think we all do. I do have that. I do too. Yeah. I just think it's yeah, we all have really to do it. What's that? I said I just think it's it's how much you're willing to open up to it. Right. Right. Exactly. You know, I mean, for me, it's not like anything that I would do. You know, on a on a you know, on a financial thing, you know what I mean? Um, I wouldn't make money on it, you know, but I do, you know, my when my friends call me, I'm like, well, you know, actually, if you go, you know, your your lost keys are actually here, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and there they are, you know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. you know, I kind of... I use it on a on a on a daily basis, so to speak, you know. But um, you know, when it sometimes it's hit. Well, you know, I, I I always feel guided. One of the things that I think I do is like if I'm I'm guided, um, I, I'm I'm guided a lot, you know. And so I always obey, you know. And so I think that's the thing is is to always do, um, you know. Gosh, your intuition is your guardian angel or your guidance, you know, your compass, whatever. And how many times do we hear that voice and then we don't? And we're like, oh, my gosh, I knew I should have done that, <laughs> you know? So yeah. I always I always follow that because I know when I don't, I'm going to regret it. <laughs> yep, yep. And sometimes we don't anyhow, right, because we're humans and we think we know better. And then it's like a fake I, bomb moment. Yeah. Oh, I knew. I knew what to do, and I didn't. I did that dumb human thing where I didn't. Oh, I know. So you are. Yeah, and there's times that I don't always. I mean, I would say, honestly, 95% of the time, I will, because I just know that if I don't, you know, I'm like, oh, why do you want me to do this? Why? What? You know, and so it's like, okay, right. you know, I'll do it. And then then, yeah. I, then you go, oh, okay, that's why, you know, that's why. I just And sometimes it's stuff it. that we seriously comes out of left field, and, and it may seem so bizarre, you know. Yeah, yeah, 100%. You're delightful. I hate that we're out of time. Will you come back and we'll do this again? I would love it. 
Oh, I would love it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Where can people find you online, honey, and get to know you better and get to know your music better? Oh, it's uh, MaryWhite.com is the website. Uh, there's uh, On Facebook, it is the Mary White Band. Uh, as far as the studio, um, as a producer or in engineer, um, I also do uh, film and television, so anybody that's uh, possibly wanting to get involved in that, I, I do too. Is, um, my studio site is QP Sound, um, as in quality production, qpsound.com. Yeah. So beautiful. Thank you, sweetheart, so much for being here, and we'll do this again soon. I'd love it. Uh, thank you so much. God bless you, darling. I appreciate you. Have a good one. All right. Me to you. If you're looking for any links for Wonderful Mary and you miss those, find me at SheenaMetalSpiritual.com or everywhere on social media at SheenaMetal. For the movement, RaisingTheVibration.org. For this show, RaisingTheVibrationRadio.com. And, of course, the network, LiveParanormal.com, iHeartRadio.com. And all of our affiliates, iTunes, Stitcher, um, Podbean, Podomatic, Blog Talk Radio, Player FM, the Google Podcast. You can find us everywhere. Till I see you next week, seek peace, live in love, lead with kindness, embrace unity, always work to raise your vibration and the vibration of others, and know that you are loved, and you are loved, and you're certainly loved by me. I'm Sheena Metal. This is Raising the Vibration. Stay beautiful. I'll see you next week.